We could create a whole world in the mind of the listener simply by using sound effects. Ron Wolfley. Thud, 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 thud. <laughs> Boomerang. Boom. Luke Lipinski. Huh. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, Paulie Pinch Hitter carrying Wolf's Keister through four hours here. Knock it off. On Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Uh, Wolf, whatever your gift card was this holiday season, as a debt of gratitude towards Craig Grealoux, you better double it. Yeah, I know, Gree. Thank you very much for getting no, no. us on the air. No, no, double that, because oh, you didn't okay. even know he's helping you out yet again. What? What'd I asked do? him your question. During the not-so-beautiful part of the program, the last time the Cardinals ran the ball more than they threw it before the Chargers game. Answer? Yeah. Week four at Carolina, 37 rushes, 32 passes. Wow, okay, there you go, right there. Week four at Carolina, Paulie. And that stands compared to this past game where they threw it 29 times, ran it 34 times for a buck 81 over five yards a carry. Yeah, you know what's interesting about it? Did the Arizona Cardinals look different? Um, we all understand offensively that it was the first game that Hollywood Brown was going to play with DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Kyler Murray, of course, was back as the quarterback. Would you say the offense looked different in the Chargers game? It looked so different that I asked two offensive linemen after the game whether it was a different run scheme. And they both scoffed at me and said, we don't have time to put in a totally different run scheme at this point in the season, Paulie Penselnik. But it, that's how different it looked. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. There's a different run game coordinator, Steve Hyden, yes. replacing Sean Kugler. So maybe they went to a different, different chapter in the playbook. I'm not exactly oh, yeah. sure. Paul. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Um, I think, you know, as a, as a staff, they did everything that they could uh, to put us in the best, best position. You know, we knew that this defense was, I think, 31st or 32nd ranked run defense in the National Football League. Uh, you just hand the ball off. And, you know, I've been saying this for a while. Put JC on a corner or on a safety, and I think you have a really good day. And I think we did that. You know, I think they got tired of tackling them. Um, the corners got tired of coming up and, and tackling them. Their, their uh, outside linebacker started boxing the, the, the plays to keep everything inside in front of them to their line. Linebackers, uh, but I think their, their safeties and their corners got tired of, of, of hitting JC, um, and that's the type of formula that you want to have. But again, when it's when it's most critical, that's when we got to find a way to get the job done, and we didn't get we didn't get it done today. It's Kelvin Beecham after the game. That's one of the two offensive linemen that I asked, and that was the question: Was it a different run scheme? He said, "Not at all." It was confirmed by others, and it's the Marshawn Lynch principle, right? Just give it to a big back and run through the face. Yes, run through yes. the face of the defender. Over and over and over and over and over. And. Over and 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 over again. So awesome. So awesome right there. But Polly, it was. Listen, um, yeah, it was nothing new. Of course they've got this power scheme. Everyone's got the power scheme, the gap scheme. Everyone's got the zone scheme. Everyone's got the blocking schemes. They got it all in the playbook. It's how you use them. And how often you use them. That really Wolf's Playbook for Dummies. Oh, no. Zone Scheme. Offensive linemen oh, wow. working shoulder to shoulder oh. in unison. There it is. Slam the book. Okay, listen. They ran the ball more than they threw it. That right there made them look different to begin with. That right there, Ron Wolfley reporting, they ran the ball more than they threw it, and that made them look different. Um, Kyler Murray was in her center more than I can recall 
this entire season for one game, being under center. What, what do you think about that, Paul? You think I'm accurate on that? Do you it's recall close. as well? It's close. I mean, yeah, there, there have been a couple of games where he's been under center. Sure. You know, but yeah, I mean, now while you're not keeping score up in the booth, or you have nothing else really to do, while you know Dave Pash is delivering game, play by Paul, play. I mean, just keep score. I mean, I'm what's so hard? Sitting around looking at people and doing it from a bell tie perspective. Listen, <laughs> they also use power schemes up front more than I can recall. Power schemes, Basinonians, those include down blocks. Down blocks, oh my goodness, so you're a defensive lineman. You line up and you think the offensive line is going to come off the ball shoulder to shoulder like a zone scheme, and suddenly somebody comes from your left down on you. Oh! Somebody's trying to remove you off the line of scrimmage, and then they're going to kick out the end man on the line of scrimmage. That's what happens in a gap scheme. Wolf's Playbook for Dummies. Power Gap Scheme. Down blocks by offensive linemen, pulling the uncovered lineman to kick out. Angle blocks. That's right. Angle Uh, blocks, baby. My hand is raised in the back of the room. I have a question. Are are you auditioning for the Cardinals offensive line coach (laughs) position right now? Because I know it's open, theoretically. Are you auditioning to be the Cardinals O-line coach over the next five games? Yeah, Paul. What are we doing here? right there. But again, they use more power schemes up front than I can recall all season long. Running the ball in a very north-south kind of way. Um, They were great on third down as well, this offense looked different. 54% third down conversion. That has been an issue all season long. Yes, yes it Third has. down, Paul, and staying on the field. It really has been. So, once again, why? Why was that? Well, it was because of D-Hop and Hollywood Brown. That's why. You had two safeties high a lot of the time. Why? Because they didn't want to have just one safety in the middle of the field with D-Hop and Hollywood Brown on the outside. No, 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 no. No, they didn't. No, they did not want to have that as a situation. And that's why you had to run the ball. And that's what they did. And they were able to do it. Now, they just got to get better. They have to get better, and they have to execute better in terms of getting the ball to D-Hop and Hollywood Brown. All right, but how? how? How do you keep everyone locked in? You know, you don't have a realistic shot at the playoffs. So Cliff Kingsbury, in fact, you guys asked him that question on Monday. Yeah, we have a great locker room, and, and they're all um, you know in it for the long haul. They understand that. The great group of guys, they're all pros and uh, have shown up each and every week, regardless of who's playing, who's out, injuries, all those things, and um, worked really hard, and, and I don't expect that to change. Does it go beyond wins and losses in these last five games, Wolf? Do you, do you need to see a lot more than just what's totally. on the scoreboard? Yes, Paulie. All right, I how really so? Do. You know what, honestly, I, I, I want to see, and I was talking a little bit about this yesterday to you, but it, it's got to it's got to be Kyler Murray getting right once again. If there's a goal in these last five games, because Paulie, right now, even though there is a 1% chance, think about that. They came up with the numbers, Paulie, a 1% chance the Cardinals could actually make the postseason. 1% now. Like anybody's buying that formula. But exactly right, Paulie. Okay. But right now, honestly, it's about getting Kyler Murray right in an offense you can carry into the offseason and in an offense you can carry into next season. It's about getting him right and evolving this offense. Will that happen? I don't know. But those two things I could see them working on right now. I think there are coaches that are in the facility building right now that are working on that very thing. 
think, what is this offense going to look like going forward? We got five games to experiment with it, five games to get it right. And not only schematically, but from a personnel perspective as well. You need to figure out that fourth quarter. Why did D-Hop and Hollywood Brown combined have one target? Why? Why did James Conner, all of a sudden, that production, six yards a carry, basically the first three quarters of the game? What happened? What happened? What changed? What dried up? All right. K-Ray, I told you I have my issues with K-Ray. I'm going to do this next part of the program under protest, just to let you know. Kevin Ray, what does he expect to see from the Suns tonight when they take on the Bulls? We'll ask the Suns broadcaster for Bally Sports next. It's game day with K-Ray on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's sick. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Catch it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Brings the Bulls head catching bodies on his way to the rack. Suns. Game day with K Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. Well, yet another reason I should have called in sick today. I'm just, I'm just telling it like it is. I mean, uh, I am conducting this interview under protest. Oh no! I maintain and contend that we shall not talk to Kevin Ray, national radio voice of the Cowboys, until <laughs> after the Cowboys season is done. And and, and, and and let's be honest, K-Ray, it'll happen the first round of the playoffs like it does every year. That's when the Cowboys season will end. But until then, and only then, do we bring him on. But I'm told that I have no say in this as Paulie Pinchitter in for Luke. It's Wolf and Luke with Kevin Ray. It is game day with K-Ray, Suns and Bulls downtown tonight. I did consider just hitting D&D on my phone when Maloney called. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, my goodness. Uh, hey, can, I, can I just ask you quickly, uh, just your general assessment of the Dallas Cowboys right now, because you are the national broadcaster for the Cowboys. Uh, look, you know, they're they're playing good football. Um, and I think their, their best is ahead of them. Uh, you know, Dak Prescott, since he has come on board and – even in the loss to Green Bay, uh, despite those two poor interceptions, I mean, this offense has been the number one offense, uh, one of the top-rated third-down conversion offenses in the NFL. And the defense is, is improving, getting better against the rush. And I think that, uh, that that will continue to improve. So, look, everything is in front of them, but they've got some big games ahead, mm-hmm. uh, and not the least of which is the Christmas Eve matchup against Philadelphia. And you, you've got to win that one. Because the Eagles already have one game uh, in their hip pocket against the Cowboys, so uh, but I, I, you know, this, this is going to be a playoff team, and we'll see if they can finally end that twenty-six year drought. Yeah. Hey, Suns are going to be a playoff team. They're so good. In fact, I contend that they've rendered the regular season meaningless in a lot of ways, which might be one reason why we haven't seen CP3 for an extended period. But apparently he's close to coming back. What are the Suns going to look like when they do get CP3 back, when they get all their full guns and everyone is back, considering they're already leading the Western Conference, Kevin Ray? Yeah, it's been interesting, uh, Paulie. Ann Myers Drysdale and I were talking about it when you when you look at who this team has been missing, and they made it very clear early on, even before the season tipped off, that you know they they learned from the last two years and learned more specifically from last year about putting so much stock 
into being the number one seed and just trying to house everybody, you know, every night that you played them. And it, it came at a very high cost last year, as we saw. But here they are taking a different approach. And certainly they had no designs on Cam Johnson or uh, Chris Paul missing the volume of games that they have. And yet, as you point out, they're leading the Western Conference, and they're doing it in in a very different way than we've seen the last three years under Monty Williams. There's a grit and an attitude about this team, and I think that's what that's what strikes me as something that you know is going to be available in April, May, and hopefully June. Do you think that they're finding their way with DeAndre Ayton here, especially recently? We talked a little bit about this the other day, Kay, but it looks like DeAndre Ayton right now is in the best physical patch he's been in for a long, long time. How much of that do you think actually has to do with the fact you don't have a Camp Johnson? You don't have Chris Paul. And again, you know, you're, you're trying to do things differently because you don't have those guys. Yeah, I think that that's part of it. But you know what? Where he's at, even an even better place, Wolf, mentally. Yeah. And I know you guys were talking about the appointment of James Jones to president of basketball operations and hearing James' comments from yesterday. Look, it's the reason why James has been so successful in turning this organization around because he, you know, he is not a knee jerk reaction guy. And look, we've all been guilty of being frustrated to the max with DA. But James is the guy who has seen it all. He's been around it all. He's observed every great winning head coach, you know, under the sun. And while we've all grown impatient with DA, James is like, I'm going to give the young fella plenty of time to mature here. And as we know, sometimes it takes guys longer to, to mature than others. And I think we're seeing the fruits of that patience from James. And D.A. is in a great space mentally and then taking it a step further with what he's bringing physically to this team. And it has created some major problems for the opposition. All right, Kevin Ray, TV voice of the Phoenix Suns. So let's talk about D.A. How long has he been calling the Suns, quote, my team? When I hear him speak to the media recently, he keeps using the words, my team. Is that different? Does that illustrate some sort of evolution to D.A.? Yeah, I don't know. I know he said it before, Paulie, but I think that he he truly understands now. And I think when he says my team, it's like my guys, my squad, my my fellas. I don't know that he's trying to, you know, usurp anybody in, in the pecking order, but I think he truly does understand and see now the the level of importance that he brings to this club and to have him acknowledge like I've got to set the tone down inside. You know, how many times in the past have we been frustrated when D.A. inside could just punish a small, you know, smaller defender, and he chose to finger roll? Now, all of a sudden, he's talking in terms of chasing Amari Stoudemire for the number of dunks that he had. I mean, that is music to all of our ears. Dang. And I. 
Yeah, exactly. That's a ding, 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 Pauly. Uh, so, and, and you know what, Kevin? I, Honestly, that's the way I meant it. Was it. It's not that, oh, this is my team, some sort of egotistical. No, it was more the leadership, him realizing his value to the team, that he has to be one of the big three instead of always being so deferential. Give me the ball. I want the ball on the block. Let me go. I, I, I really look at that as, as a positive, as an area of growth that I hadn't heard before a whole lot. No, completely. And, and look, this is... This is the silver lining that, that we've mentioned a number of times in the telecast is that, yes, would Monty Williams you know, prefer to have Chris Paul and Cam Johnson out there? Sure. But what it has done, it's allowed and forced the, both the coaching staff and the players to step into, you know, to try to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, and we, we've seen players put in positions in games that they might not otherwise be put in. Looking at a, a Dwayne Washington Jr., Josh Okogie, all these guys getting minutes that they might not be getting in, you know, big games, games that have been close, games that they have needed to you know to perform and it is really i think given monty and his coaching staff a script a playbook that says i know i can turn to this guy in april and may if somebody gets into foul trouble or if we run into injuries i'll even look at i'll give you an example the other night with book and they were running the double teams at him and yes there's going to be some hiccups but having Mikel bridges handle the ball more in those situations so yes there may have been a turnover with Mikel, but that gives them a body of work for Mikel and the coaching staff to work with now and say okay this is what you need to work on moving forward to avoid those situations and if chris paul the life preserver for this team is always out there guys don't get to experience that Okay, got about 30 seconds. Sorry about this, but give us a little scouting report on the Bulls tonight. Well, you you better come with it because don't look at just their record. This is a team that has beaten the Celtics, who, by the way, lead the NBA with the best record overall. They've beaten them twice, and they've beaten Milwaukee. They're 3-1 and one of their last four games, and Billy Donovan's teams always come to the floor prepared, and there is one dude who always seems to raise his level of play, and that is DeMar DeRozan. He is like a Devin Booker. He can put a couple crooked numbers on you real quick if you are not locked in defensively. So I look for another tightly contested game, and hopefully home court advantage with the uh, the Suns' crazies can, uh, can pull them through for a six-straight win. Let me tell you, I stand corrected. I'm going to remove my protest in this uh, segment after I heard Kevin convey that DeAndre Ayton is uh, set to challenge Amari's record for dunks in a season or whatever it is. That is music to our ears. Yes. No doubt. Thank you, Kay. Thanks, Kevin. Paul. Paulie, I'll be sure and uh, delay that delivery from FedEx. So. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Okay. All right, hey, text us uh, your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. All right, up next, I'm going to educate Wolf on the NFC West, what he really needs to be aware of, all the Cardinals division rivals. We're going to look over the block wall into the backyard, okay? We'll take you through that all next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. West. An inside look at the Cardinals division rivals. Here we go, Ron Wolfley. Looking over the block wall into the backyard of our neighbors. 
like you're wont to do at the compound. You're always so nosy what the neighbors are up to in your neighborhood. Well, don't worry about it. really don't care about it, Polly. Just don't peek over into my yard. By the way, would you please bring in your trash cans same day or else you really are risking an HOA violation and I might just have to report you. Kind of like that time you hung a sign out, a wooden sign on a tree in front of your... Your Thank you. IPA. Thank you. Save one from himself. <laughs> no, no red hot chili peppers. Absolutely not. Can't stand the peppers. Here we go. So vapid and vacuous. I lost my focus already. Actually, no, um, I don't. Yeah, Paulie, we're doing the NFC West, I believe. Actually, I just regained my focus because I realized the Rams are in last place. I enjoy saying the words last place Rams. You realize over the final six weeks, the last place Rams have four nationally televised standalone window TV games. Can't you be flexed out of it, though, Paul? One. Only one can be flexed out. Okay. So it's going to get worse, not just for the Rams, but for America, because at least three of those will land in prime time for all to see the Rams in their miserable glory. Then again, you get to watch Aaron Donald, so that... Well, he's currently injured, Wolf. I don't know know what his status is going... And, and because what are you it, saying? They're going to sit him down, Paul? They're going to shut him down? Is that it? Well, right now they're worried about getting fans to sit in the seats because on Christmas Day against the Broncos, oh, is that game waiting to stink? Rams and Broncos. <laughs> they are trying. The Rams business department is currently trying to get season ticket holders to give the tickets to someone who would happily go. And if not, donate to one of 28 eligible charities, according to the Sports Business Journal. And then if you do make the donation of your tickets because you're not going to the game and they don't want all those empty seats on national TV, you would be eligible to win prizes from Rams sponsors. Here's the whole thing about it. When you watch the Rams, it's just hard to, well, it's hard to watch, frankly. It really is. You're talking about the defending Super Bowl champions. Paul, it's December tomorrow, is it not, Paul? It's December. It is, Wolf, yes. It is December tomorrow. Stop and think about this. And the Rams are number 31 in yards per game and number 32 in yards per play. They are, Paul, the worst offense in the National Football League. And oh, by the way, they do not own their first-round pick. The Lions, (laughs) right now, because of the Matthew Stafford trade, own a top Five pick okay. from the last place Rams. And even though I want to go give it away, give it away, no. give it away, give it away nope. now, because that's what the Rams did, they actually have a Super Bowl ring that we all must remember, Paul. And that hits you right in the face like the light coming off of Paul's forehead. Well, I want to see Les Need break out that T-shirt. What did it say? F those picks? Wasn't that his T-shirt he wore during the Super Bowl parade? Paul... <laughs> Wear, wear, wear that please? this April there, Les Rams GM. Next! Seahawks. So let's see here. Speaking of the Rams, the Seahawks are going to L.A. and SoFi, where they have lost their last four at the L.A. Rams. Bring Nirvana! You might want to pop this off wherever you may be driving around the basin right now. A little Kurt Cobain. This is, for me, Polly. this is the ultimate song for the game of football because we will bring it down. Raise your hand. Just the way we will huddle from time to time, Paul. Raise your hand if you have seen Nirvana live. 
Oh, <laughs> you are. There's oh, only one of us what in this a kick studio. In the face, you yep. dirtbag. Sort of like what happened to the Seahawks' rush defense. They gave up 283 yards rushing to Josh Jacobs and the Raiders. By the way, that's a franchise record. They gave up 576 total yards to the Vegas Raiders. Here's Coach Double Rainbow after the game. Quote, we didn't come out of the bye as sharp as we would like to. End quote. <laughs> Pete Carroll, double rainbow, at his best. Dude. <laughs> Polly, is it falling apart in Seattle? We all wondered, is it falling apart? Are they coming back to earth? I don't think there's any doubt. Looking at their record right now and the way they've played over the last month, they are coming back to earth. By the way, over the last three seasons, the Seahawks are 2-14 and 14 when giving up at least 150 yards rushing. That's how they started this season. That's how they're continuing this season. They've lost two in a row. I, for the record, would take their record as opposed to the Cardinals, though, if truth be told. Well, they are 6-5. and five, There's no doubt about it. But they're outside the playoff picture looking in as we speak. Daryl Taylor. Why should that name matter? <laughs> oh, this guy. He's the 12th man. What is he doing, Paul? No, not the 12s as in the fans. He's the dude that joined the play after the Quandre Diggs interception. Dude. He came Never seen that happen. Off the sideline inexplicably and joined the play. Coach Double Rainbow quoting him again. I saw the film. I was shocked. I was shocked. End quote. Pete Carroll. Um, I mean, are you going to cut him? Let me say this much. If you're going to find a player in the NFL for not having the correct socks on or your socks aren't high enough or some other ridiculous uniform violation, yeah, you're going to okay. find a guy for that? Yeah. I know he didn't get flagged up because the officials didn't catch it. Right, Paul. You better find up Daryl Taylor for jumping in and becoming the 12th man on a play. I mean, can you actually listen to this song without lyrics? Can you actually listen to this song? I mean, it's like it, it's like taking a can of paint and throwing it on the Mona Lisa. You know Nirvana's big again with the kids out there. When I'm at the gym, <clears throat> Pauly Powerlifter, I see all the 20-somethings, teenagers and 20-somethings. There's a lot of Nirvana t-shirts that are out really? there. Oh, wow, that's that's cool, Paul. <laughs> Let that hang for a minute. That's once a year Next! you go to the gym. <laughs> Next! 49ers. Well, this is a tough blow for the Niners. They're without Elijah Mitchell again. He has a sprained MCL. He's going to be out six to eight weeks. How about that? That's He's the two nice. and the one-two running back that, punch. I'll tell you, that, that was a nice little punch they had going yep. right there as well. And now CMC, Christian McCaffrey's a little banged yep. up too. Knee irritation is what they're calling it. Uh, Niners, though, just pitched their first shutout in three years. Ending the NFL's fourth longest scoring streak with that 13 nothing blanking of the Saints on Sunday. It included two takeaways at a couple of goal line stands. So, the Niners' defense is not to be trifled with right now. Yeah, you know what, though? I'll tell you, they're looking really, really good, are they not? It's that defense that is forlorn. It's just a ripping you apart when you watch them on tape. It just fills you with this dread. Their front seven, I said this before, Paulie, you know this, but their front seven is maybe the best front seven in the game. 
Uh, statistically, they are. Fred Warner, but can I tell you right now, they get you into third and obvious pass situations. Third and eight, third and nine, third and ten, and then it's abandon all hope ye who enter here. It's literally Dante's Inferno. Or so it seems. So four straight games, they haven't allowed a point in the second half. That would be the Niners' defense. They lead the league in points allowed, 15.7 per game, yards per play allowed, and yards per game allowed. Just to show you how dysfunctional you can still be, though, with an elite defense, you know the Broncos are only allowing 17.6 points per game. Yes. Denver's offense is averaging a league-low 14.2 points per game. Paul, I thought Denver's offense was going to be Super Bowl caliber. They are not. I was wrong. Dead last. That's That's a very fitting way to end this segment. Wolf admitting he's wrong. Yeah, and that's your look over the block wall into the backyard of the NFC West rivals. Something you'll never do. A reminder, the Bud Light Super Bowl Music Fest featuring three incredible nights of shows, including Imagine Dragons, Dave Matthews Band, Paramore, all heading downtown to the Footprint Center. That'll be February 9th through the 11th. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m., but you can enter the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for all the details and your chance to win tickets. The Suns, why haven't they gotten a deal done with Jay Crowder? Why is Jay Crowder getting a paid vacation? We'll hear what James Jones had to say yesterday about that. It's Wolf and Luke with Calvisi on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, here's hoping you're having a better day than a soccer star for Team USA, Christian Pulisic with the uh, oh the pelvic contusion. Oh, Paul. That sounds painful. Oh, my goodness. The pelvic contusion. Um, There's only one thing worse, Polly, and that's the <laughs> testicular fracture. Fracture. <laughs> right? right? Oh, boy. Don't even mention that. No, I'm, I'm knocking on wood right now. I mean, <laughs> seriously. I don't, you know, I mean, there, there are injuries, and then there are injuries. Or you wince, or you look at the injury report, and um, so may your holidays be merry and free <laughs> of any pelvic contusions or testicular fractures. Indeed, Paul. Yeah. Speaking of this old Jay Crowder situation, I think that's an app. <laughs> that's an app segue. I'm going to do what I do best right here. You are the king of segues, Paul. I'm going to do what I do best. I'm going to play the role of the dumb guy. Okay. Well, that fits like a glove. Ron Wolfley, um, Jay Crowder. Um, What's going on here? Um, I, I, let me keep it real simple. Yeah, Paul. Has he even been here the entire – when's the last time we saw Jay Crowder in a Suns yeah. uniform? Yeah. Was it Game 7 against the Mavericks? Yes, Paul. He didn't show up for camp. Yes. He, he hasn't shown up for anything. Correct, Paul. I mean, zero. He, well, persona right. non grata. Yes. Who's they, still they being – didn't want him to show up, Paul. Okay. So he's still being compensated, right? Yes. Okay. So, uh, before we get to James Jones, uh, let's listen to what Al McCoy told Bickley and Murata this morning. Okay. This wasn't in direct reference to Jay Crowder, but he was talking about the state of the Suns once again. And as we get back to the president of basketball operations, the state of the Suns is strong. And a big reason why, here's Al. Well, you guys know no matter what business you're in, whether you're in pro sports or whether you're in broadcasting, if you don't get along with your co-workers, if there's not a cohesiveness, uh, it's a tough situation. Uh, Putting this team together, 
And you know how I feel about James Jones, not only uh, as uh, an executive, but as a person. Uh, You have to put the right people together. And he has been able to do that big time. And when you get guys together, particularly in sports, they like one another, they compete. Uh, you've got a pretty good thing going, and uh, that's been instrumental. Uh, you watch games in the NBA or in any sport, and sometimes you'll see uh, teammates yelling at one another, uh, getting in one another's face, not happy with one another. You don't see that with the Phoenix Suns. These guys love to play together. They like to compete together, and that's what it takes to have a winning team. Right now, the Suns are showing all of that. He didn't mention Jay Crowder. He didn't have to, in my opinion. I think it's glaring. Wow. That Jay really? Crowder's absence, it is addition by subtraction. Yeah, but Paulie, why else this? would you pay Jay Crowder to sit at home? Well, I, I don't know, Paulie. It's a great question. It truly is. But once again, going back to last year, that was the glue. That was it. The chemistry and the culture of the Phoenix Suns was who they were. He was part of that chemistry and that culture. They they loved playing with each other last year. Okay, but how was that chemistry and culture in the second round of the playoffs? Yeah, Polly, once again, something changed. We know that. Something changed. Something happened. In Game 6, if you ask me, in terms of the Mavericks series, something happened Game 6 and certainly Game 7. As we all saw, something disastrous happened to that culture. What was it? That team imploded from the inside out. Correct. Why? Exactly. And and maybe that is what you're alluding to at this point in time. I mean, you can ask. You're not going to get a lot of answers. You can ask, like the media did yesterday with new president of basketball operations, James Jones, as to whether he sees any upcoming moves when it comes to Jay Crowder or any news at all. So you don't see any, like, personnel shifts at this point? No, I don't. Not right now. What's going on with Crowder? Anything new? Nah, nothing new with Jay. Boy, you know what? You have to wonder if they're willing to pay a guy not to show up, especially what happened to Cam Johnson. Would you be able to say that Jay Crowder might actually slide into the Cam Johnson role once Cam Johnson, of course, was a starter? Do you think he might do that and be capable of doing that once again? Say yes, Paul. Are are there times where you look at the sun and say, man, they could really use some more physicality? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Who who, who might be a good fit there? Ask yourself this. How bad was it? What actually happened in that series, Paul? What happened that brought this glue and and suddenly just destroyed everything that they were? I don't know what it is, Polly, but I will tell you right now, it had to be really, really bad for them to say, you're just going to sit there and we'll pay you to sit there. You're looking at this Suns roster right now. Even when healthy. And you're saying to yourself, okay, between now and the trade deadline, you know what they need? They need more outside shooting. They need more defense. They need more physicality. These are all things that Jay Crowder would bring, correct? Yes. Yet he's not on the roster. Yet he's still being paid. Yes. Again, why? What is going on? Ostensibly, he's still on the trade block. But here's the next question to James Jones. What has been the challenge trying to move Crowder? I just haven't been able to, to get a deal done. Um, it's 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 the, the the NBA. 
right? Uh, timing. There are there aren't any perfect times. Like there's there's no window where they say, hey, all deals are done here. We have natural deadlines, like the trade deadline. We usually have a flurry of deals. Um, but other than that, it's just finding the right fit, and, and we just haven't been able to find that yet. Man, you know what? It's so. If Jay Crowder, when he gets traded, do you think Jay Crowder might actually tell people what happened? <laughs> do well, you think that might actually come to fruition, Paul? You know what? Honestly, he's already said too much. Once again, my dumb guy question. If you hit rewind, wasn't he the first one to bring up the issues with the team via Twitter? Didn't he do the all caps tweets? Where he sent out, he said, you know what, uh, you know, something that was cryptic about his role, and he's no longer going to be a starter. He was and cryptic want... in his right. tweets, Paul. Okay. So what yes. happened? What happened? He but un- he did not say what happened. Okay, but it was apparent that there were issues, and that he wanted out, or at least didn't, oh, want, yeah. no, didn't want any part of his role. So what does that do to James Jones? It undermines his ability to get full value in return. Yeah, but because at this no, point in time, I think they're trying to have a fire sale on Jay Crowder. Okay, but it, the offers must be so low. Other teams must be realizing that the Suns have no leverage, that they have to get rid of him at some point, and they're waiting out the Suns. In fact, here was another question to James Jones. Does he lose value the longer he sits? You would have to ask someone else. If The way I look at it, like it, that's irrelevant. Jay's a good player, and he'd help any team. And, and teams know that. Man, to be able to say that right there and once again know how Jay Crowder was a physical competitor. Know that Jay Crowder was a guy that enjoyed playing defense and enjoyed the the intensity level that I think we'd all love to see a DeAndre Ayton and see, I cannot help it. This is, this is pure speculation. This is pure. Polly, do you understand that right now? I, this is pure speculation. Okay, I, I'm not but sure how to tell the difference that, between everything else you've already said on this show, but okay, go ahead. Okay, Paul, just Here we go. please stop it. Having said that, I, I think there had to be something that happened between D.A. and Jay Crowder. That, that, Paul? DA and Jay Crowder. Yes. Why are you so specific? Yes. Well, because, what do you well, know? You know what? Once again, no, you, you just, you look at a guy who's a mad king, a guy that has all of this talent, a guy that is incredibly talented, a guy like DeAndre Ayton, who's had a hard time bringing that talent consistently to the floor. Would you say that? Playing yes. with force. Yes. Consistently. Yep. Even though he's a big athletic guy using that force. Dunking the ball as opposed to the f- finger roll. Of course. Yeah. This is what we're talking Does it seem like Jay Crowder would be a guy that would entertain that and enjoy that? No. No, he would not. He seems like a guy that would get in somebody else's face. That's all I'm saying. And honestly... I wonder if that didn't happen. And uh, we're going to, you know what, one right. one day, we're going to find out, Paul. One day, we're going to find out what happened. And that day may come when Jay Crowder gets moved. By the way, when James Jones says about Jay Crowder that he'd be an asset to any team. and he Yeah, has ba- yeah uh, if he's a starter, if he's not a starter, you can't be certain he would accept his role. Because he, that's the crux be, of the problem with the Suns. Yeah, I think he'd be fine with it. They he's wanted him to come off the, the bench, past. and he wasn't cool with right. that. He's, so he's done it before, though, in the past. I think he'd be fine. Why would he be good with that with some other team? You because can't he's be not with that. the Suns anymore. That's why. Once again, uh, paid vacation for Jay Crowder, and the Suns still consider it addition by subtraction. 
And going full circle, back to Al's point, it's amazing what teams can accomplish when they like each other, when you have that locker room chemistry. And Wolf is a guy who used to fight his teammates on a regular basis in his own locker room. I think you're someone who can understand that. It's part of the culture. We'll take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It is Wolf and Luke with Galvisi sitting in on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.